If you can hear this message, listen closely. To the exiled, misunderstood, or upside down, this is your message of hope. When problems come, use them. When enemies persecute you, love them. These struggles are a fire, refining you into gold. Look around. You are not forgotten. You are not alone. Challenge what is expected of you. This world is not your home. You are different. Hey, well, good morning. Um, if I haven't had the privilege or honor of meeting you yet, my name is Ryan Singleton. I'm the student ministry director here at Orchard Church. I've been on staff for about three years now, and I have the honor and privilege of bringing the message today. And so on that note, if you believe that God can even speak through a young millennial like myself, let me hear from you this morning. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for having way more confidence in me than our pastoral staff. We went over this message last week, and I asked that question, and it was daytime, and I tell you what, crickets, okay? They did not have the same response. Well, hey, if you have your Bibles, open them up to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. That's where we're going to be at this morning. We're in week three of our series called Different, and what uh, we've been looking at is various sections of 1 Peter and learning that as Christians, we're called to be different from the rest of the world. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about how we as Christians, we should have a different faith, and we should put that different faith on display for those around us to see. And then last week, Pastor Doug talked about different values, how we are to be separate, we are to be set apart from the world. Um, so today, we're actually going to be talking about how God has a different calling on our lives. God has a different calling for us. And so we see this all throughout the Bible, right? Um, I think instantly of Paul the Apostle, where Paul is walking, he's on the road to Damascus, and all of a sudden, a bright light shines all around him, and Jesus appears before Paul. And, and Jesus calls Paul to a different calling. He actually goes on, Paul goes on, to start many different churches and be a part of a mass, massive movement of, of people following Jesus. Not only that, but also God used Paul to write um, most of the second half of your Bible, the New Testament, um, where the Holy Spirit was divinely inspired inspiring him to write it as well. Um, so not only Paul, but I also think of Moses. Moses is, you know, tending the sheep, and what, what does he do? He's in the desert, and all of a sudden he sees this bush on fire, right? And so he approaches it. If anybody, if you're in the desert and you see a bush on fire, especially other guys, like, that's cool. I'm going to go check out the fire, right? And so we go, he goes over there, and all of a sudden the voice of God comes forth from the fire, and he calls Moses to go back to Egypt to free his people, the Israelites, from oppression and lead them to the promised land. And so let me ask you this to get started. By a show of hands, if God were to show up in one of those type of ways for you today, and call you by name, how many of you would be interested in what he has to say? Show of hands. Absolutely. Yes, me too. I don't know if I would be more afraid or more excited, but I would definitely be interested in what God has to tell me. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about how God calls us to a different calling. Uh, let me remind you what 1 Peter is all about. Uh, it was written 2,000 years ago by the Apostle Peter. Peter lived on earth alongside Jesus, and so he sat under Jesus' teachings, and he writes this letter to first century Christians to encourage them, because these first 
first century Christians, they were under intense persecution at the time by the Roman Empire. And so he writes and he's encouraging them and he wants to give them a hope as well. He tells them to stand strong in their faith. Stand strong in their faith and remember that this world is not our home. It's not. This is not our ultimate destination. No, heaven is our ultimate destination. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, that is where we are headed, and that is our home. And as I was studying um, 1 Peter, I was reading through you know, the whole book just this, this past week, I found myself coming across the same words over and over and over again. Um, and now that I even say it, now you could probably even go back and actually highlight these words as well. They're words like chosen, chose, calling, called, um, call. Um, and, and I know this about reading the Bible, is that if it's repeated, it's important. If it's repeated, it's important. Can you say that with me? If it's repeated, it's important, all right? And so there's a reason why Peter is repeating these words. I believe God is having him repeat these words for a reason. And, and we're going to take a look at what that reason is today. And so 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 is where we're going to start today. Um, let's go ahead and, and start off with that first verse, verse 9. Um, Peter writes this. He says, but you are not like that. Now, I want to make sure to, to note this. You know, he is speaking, once again, to the first century Christians, to those who have accepted Jesus into their lives. And previously, the verse before, he's saying, you know, these other people, they don't obey God's word. They stumble upon their ways. And so because of that, you are not like that. As a Christian, as a Christ follower, you are called to be different. He goes on to say, for you are a, say it with me, church, a chosen people. It's very important. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. You are royal priests. Now, to first century Christians, this would have been mind-blowing for them because um, they had such a tremendous respect and appreciation for the priesthood um, during that time. And yet, Peter here is writing to them and calling them royal priests. And they're like, what, what are you talking about? I'm a royal priest? I mean, I have no formal training. I have no education. Why are you calling me this? But this is what he's calling them. And he goes on to say, hey, you're not just alone, but you're all together. You're a holy nation. God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he, say it with me, church, he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Um, you have this in your notes. I want to break down those words chosen and called just a brief moment. Um, that word chosen there, this is very important, is the Greek word eklektos. Greek word eklektos, and it literally means to pick out or to select the best of its kind or class. And you might be sitting here thinking, okay, well, wait, I'm not, I'm not the best of my kind or class. I, I mean, the Bible even tells me I'm, I'm a sinner and I'm saved by grace. That's, that's what being a Christian is, right, Ryan? Yes, exactly. But it's, it's not about what you do. It's about what Jesus has done. And that's why he picks us out. That's why he refers to us as the best of our kind and class because of the work that Jesus has done. It has nothing to do with us, but everything to what Jesus has done. And that's what he, he thinks of us, and that's how he views us now. Um, that second word is uh, called, and in, it's in your notes. It's the Greek word kaleo. And that means to call by name, to invite. 
And so, in other words, we see here Peter is writing saying, hey, you first century Christians, you are a chosen people. You know, you are um, royal priests. You are a holy nation. You are, you know, God's very own possession. God knows you by name, and he has picked you out. And the most encouraging thing to me about this verse, church, is although it's, it's directed towards the first century Christians, it also is directed towards us today. Is still directed to us today because those are our brothers and sisters in Christ. If you take upon Christ's name and you call yourself a Christian and you're a Christ follower, then this verse is talking about you as well. And I love that, you know, that he uses those words chosen and called because I believe this. Whenever you realize that you're, you're chosen or called to, by someone to do something, it motivates you, I believe, to push past the regular barriers that you place in your life. It empowers you to do something greater than you otherwise probably would do. Would you agree with me on that? Because someone has chosen you, someone has picked you out, someone has called you. Um, it reminds me of, uh, it's a funny story of when I was in the seventh grade, and uh, it was the end of year seventh grade award ceremony, okay? And so there I am with my parents, I think it was probably the very first collared shirt that I ever wore in my whole entire life, this big poofy Hawaiian shirt, you know, that I think probably my dad just had laying around the house. And so here I am dressed up, and teachers one by one are getting up on the stage, and they're announcing all of these various awards, now, now I got to be honest with you, I wasn't expecting any type of award by any means. Um, it, you know, maybe if the award was like, you know, biggest nerd, you know, <laughs> to ever walk the face of the earth, you know, or, or maybe it was, you know, least likely to succeed or the most average human being, okay? If it were one of those ones, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm in the running. I got it. I, I think I may win an award. Well, my science teacher, she gets up on stage, and I'm just kind of dozing off at this point. I think this is boring. I'm like, man, is this over yet, you know? And all of a sudden, she calls my name. It was for the award of the greatest science kid, okay? That's literally on the certificate, greatest science kid. Like, they couldn't be more articulate. <laughs> but, but so I'm like, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, wait, what? How? I think there's been some mistake. You see, science was my worst subject. And so I start walking up, and I'm like, okay, I think there's been a mix-up. I don't, I don't think they meant to call my name. And I'm just kind of walking up. Everybody's applauding. My parents, you know, wiping away tears. And, and so I get up there, and I'm like, there is no way that this award is for me. Science is, is one of my worst subjects. In fact, I, oh, and all of a sudden it hit me. All semester, I cheated off my best friend's paper. That's why they are giving me this award, and so they're like, man, you're so good at science and everything, and the teacher's saying all these different things about me, and I just have this smile, like, mm-hmm, I hope they don't find out, right? <laughs> well, here's the thing about the story, um, is the following year, I show up to school, and now all of a sudden, you know, I'm thinking this award's in the past, nobody's going to remember that I'm the science kid, but all of a sudden, all my friends and all the people in the class, my best friend who I copied off of, right, is now coming up to me, hey, what's the answer to this? I mean, you're the, you're the science kid, right? And I'm like, man, I just cannot get away from these consequences. But here's the thing it did for me. It motivated me to try to be better in that class. Because now I have to live up to it, right? I don't want anybody else to find out that I'm not the great science kid. I mean, I'm not trying to go for Bill Nye or anything, but I gotta at least live up to this award. And that's the thing that I believe 
that is important to note about being chosen or called for something. Because of the award, I tried to live up to my calling. And that's what being called or chosen does to you as well. It empowers you to do something or be someone that maybe otherwise you wouldn't be. And that's why, you know, that, that's why I really believe that God lets us know, man, I've chosen you. I've picked you out. I've called you by name. You're exactly the person that I want in this scenario. I believe, and I want to show you today, that God has a different calling for our lives. And we're going to take a look at that. How, how does God have a different calling in our lives? Well, I've got three different types of calling that I want to talk about uh, with you this morning. It's in your notes. Three different types of calling. Number one, the first type of calling that God has on our lives is, first and foremost, an eternal call to Jesus. Number one, the first biggest calling, an eternal call to Jesus. That is what God is calling us to. Um, I want to read 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 just one more time, um, but I actually want to focus on the second part of the verse. And so just remember the context, and remember, although he's talking to first century Christians, he's also talking to you specifically. And so re- let me remind you who you are. You're a chosen people. You are royal priests. You're a holy nation. You're God's very own possession. And then he goes on to say, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he, say it with me, church, he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. See, that's what saying yes to Jesus is all about, amen? That's what it is. When you say yes to Jesus and when you accept him into your life, that is what is taking place. You are positionally stepping out of the darkness and you are stepping into God's wonderful light. You know, the Holy Spirit, I believe, is, is working in this place and he's speaking to every single one of you in, in different ways today, but not just here, all across the world. In every church, you know, and even beyond that, the Holy Spirit is speaking to people and trying to win people to Christ and draw people to him. And before, I don't know if you know this or not, before you even accepted Jesus into your life, the Holy Spirit was alongside you, using every opportunity to try to draw you to Jesus. We know that it's God's will that none should perish, amen? That's God's will. And so the most important call God has on a person's life is first and foremost an eternal call to Jesus. And this is for every single person. Every single person here in this building right now and every single person that you know. This is for your friends. This is for your family members. This is from your coworkers. This is from your na- for your neighbors, even that annoying neighbor you know that you always wave to and you put yourself out there and they never acknowledge you. Am I the only one? Okay. All right, maybe I'm not the only one. I don't know. But this is for everyone. This is an eternal call to Jesus, and it's for every single person. And so how do we respond? How do we respond to this eternal call to Jesus? Well, one of Jesus' disciples, his name was actually Thomas. He was asking and he was telling Jesus, hey, I don't know the way to heaven. How do we get there? And we read about Jesus' response in John 14, 6. It says this, Jesus told Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father, except, say it with me, church, through me. It's all through what Jesus has done on the cross for us. See, I remember the very first time I ever heard this verse. I was sitting in a church service, very much kind of like the, the church service that you're sitting in right now, and the pastor you know, quoted this verse, and then he started to go towards the gospel presentation, right? And he's saying, hey, you're, you're a sinner, you know, you're not perfect, you need Jesus in your life, and so then he's invited everybody, hey, if that's you and you've never accepted Jesus in your life today, I just want to invite you to pray this, this, this prayer. And so I remember sitting there, and, and leading up to that time, I mean, age 10 to 14, 
you know, you got to keep in mind, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't. I actually had a, a very difficult childhood, I would say. But from age 10 to 14, God had been working on me. The Holy Spirit had been speaking to me. He was alongside me during that time, and he was using every opportunity to try to draw me to himself. And so there I am, sitting there in my chair, and I, I'm praying this prayer, and I got done, and then the pastor you know, does the thing where he's like, hey, I just want to pray for you before you leave. And so if you said that prayer, go ahead and just raise your hand. And the truth of the matter is, I didn't want to raise my hand. I was paralyzed with fear. And I'm like, what are people going to think around me? Um, you know, everybody's eyes are closed. No, they're not. You know, people have their eyes open. I see it. You know, the pastor's eyes are open. And, and so I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do it. And so I'm like, no, God knows. God knows. And I just kind of, you know, sat there. And the pastor then even went a step further. And he said, you know what? There's someone out there that prayed this prayer, right? <laughs> that hasn't raised their hand, and I'm gonna wait until they do, you know? And I'm like, come on, pastor, what are you doing? Reading my mail? Like, come on, how does he know this? But so I finally got in that moment, and I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. And, you know, and I lift up my hand, and I finally get my hand up in the air, and I tell you what, church. <laughs> Sorry, I got emotional last service, I'm gonna get emotional again. That was the greatest moment of my life. Because in that moment, all the weight of my sin and just the weight of life and everything, just all of a sudden I felt this weight just go right off my shoulders. And it was the moment I believed that God was calling me out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. And that's what's saying yes. Yeah, absolutely. You can give God praise on that. And that's what saying yes to Jesus is all about. That's what, you know, that's what it's all about. And you might be here this morning, and if you are here today and you've never had that moment in your life, you're going to have an opportunity to at the end of service. And I just want to let you know that it is not an accident that you are here this morning. God is calling you. He's been calling you your whole entire life. He's calling you to an eternal call to Jesus. He wants you back into his family. Amen? Amen. Well, that's the first different type of calling, um, and that's for every single person on the face of the earth. Well, number two, um, and this is in your notes, we're going to talk about a continual call to a different standard. God also has a continual call for our lives to live by a different standard. You see, I wish I could say that as soon as you uh, find Jesus, that your life is picture perfect, but unfortunately, that's not how it works, does it? Unfortunately, it actually gets more difficult, I feel like, because now you have to continually live for Jesus. It's a daily decision, and it's a decision to live according to a different standard. You know, whenever we think of calling, I feel like we tend to think of the do, um, where we say, okay, God, you know, what are you calling me to? What is it? You tell me what it is, and I'll make sure it's done. And so that's what we think of, but this is in your notes. I oftentimes find that God starts with the who before he gets to the do. He starts with the who before he gets to the do. And no, I didn't get that from Dr. Seuss, if you're wondering, okay? Although I have been reading a lot of Dr. Seuss books lately to my children. Thidwick the Kind-Hearted Moose. Anybody heard of that before? Really weird Dr. Seuss book. Yeah, that's in our household. I just read it last night. Okay. But here's my point. God is more concerned about the inside. He's more concerned about who you are as a person. 
He's more concerned about your motives, the right heart. He's more concerned about your integrity and your intentions. God is more concerned with who you are before he is concerned with what you do because the who you are leads to the do. That make sense? I know, I'm talking to Dr. Seuss nursery rhymes right now, okay? I get it. Well, Peter goes on to say, check out this next verse, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10. And he goes on to say this, Once you had no identity as a people, but now you are, say it with me, church, God's people. That's who you are. That's who you are. You belong to God. You are God's people. He goes on to say, once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. See, when you know who you are, I believe you will know what to do. Because now you are looking back at God and you're like, oh, wait, that's right. God has chosen me. God has picked me out by name. He, he believes in me. God has called me for whatever reason. I don't know why, but God has called me. And so if you know who you are, you will know what to do. Let's continue on. Now Peter, I love how this is set up. Peter is going to move into the what to do as Christians. If you are a Christ follower, this is what you are to do. Verse 11, he says, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners, a reminder, hey, we're just passing through. This is not our home. Our ultimate home is heaven. Well, now he tells us what to do. He says to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. You see, although positionally God has called us out of darkness and into his wonderful light, practically speaking, if we're to be honest, and I'll be the first one to raise my hand, oftentimes we go back to the darkness, don't we? We go back to that standard of living. We've, we've now, God's taken us out of darkness, and we're in the wonderful light. It's this amazing moment. For whatever reason, it kind of wears off, and we find ourselves drifting back into the darkness, maybe even hiding in the darkness from God. And I remember, you know, after I accepted Jesus into my life, I wish it was just this amazing, you know, spur of the moment, moment where all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm a perfect person. And, you know, God bless you, brother. And, you know, here's, here's the shirt off my back. And, you know, oh, I'll forgive you. You hurt me. That's okay. But that wasn't the case. It was, it was a continual day-to-day thing, wasn't it? It's a day-to-day thing of slowly becoming more and more like Jesus. And so I found over time that you know, I had to ditch the friends that I was hanging out with in high school. I needed to get different friends. They were dragging me down. I tried to be a light for as long as possible, but then they kept bringing me down. So now it's time to get different friends. It's time to have different priorities. It's time to have different morals that I live out in my life. You see, the truth is we all still, as Christians, we have those worldly desires that are still in us, but it takes intentionality to now keep away from the darkness, to keep away from the worldly desires. It's the same with all of us. We're all on the same level field. We're all on the same um, exact level. We are. God calls each of us to be different from the world, though. You've been called out of darkness and into the light? Well, now you are to live in the light. Amen? You're now called to be children of light. That's who you are. You're God's people. And it's God's continual call on your life to live now by a different standard. And if I'm to be honest, it's a higher standard to be part of God's people. Well, he goes on to say, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, follow me to the next verse. He gives us another to do. Okay, That was one was a little bit more of a negative, keep away from these things. Well, now he tells us what to do in a positive light. He says this, be careful to, say it with me, church, Live properly, and why? I mean, I I always stop right there because I'm like, wait, if we're saved by grace and Jesus has forgiven us and our sins are removed, why do I have to live properly? Why is that? 
Well, he tells us, among your unbelieving neighbors. Sometimes we don't even think of that part. How maybe there are neighbors or those around us that are watching the way that we live and they are actually checking to see if we're going to be different. Are they going to change? Are they going to be different? I mean, what are they going to look like? What are they going to do? It goes on to say, then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. See, notice that Peter here doesn't say, hey, I want you now that you have stepped into the light, I want you now to go convince everybody around you to believe what you believe. That's not what he says. Instead, he says, you know what? Live properly. Live the way that you ought to. Live the way that God wants you to live. You're called to be different. And now I got to be honest here because I was once one, well, probably not once, I probably still am, but you know, there's different types of um, um, being different. There's good different, and then there's weird different, right? You guys picking up what I'm putting down? There's also weird different. How many of you guys know of a weird Christian? Show of hands, okay? Know of a weird, don't, you know, be honest, okay? Don't point, all right? Don't point at me. I know I'm weird. But yeah, there's good different, and then there is weird different. Where to stand out and be good different, church, okay? And maybe you're sitting there and you're like, you know what? I've never come across weird different. Well, now you have. I have an example for this, uh, example for you. Go ahead and check this out. Everybody's talking about my tight pants. I've got my tight pants. I've got my tight pants on. Oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, okay? I just, I am, I am so sorry that all of you had to ha- see that and now it's stuck up here, all right? But, you know, you have to keep in mind, please don't judge me. I'm a student ministry director, okay? And I will do whatever it takes to reach students for Jesus. And if that means putting on tight pants and dancing, I'll do it, okay? <laughs> you should just be happy you didn't see the rest of the video, okay? That's all I have to say. Um, But my whole point is don't be that guy. Don't be this guy. Don't be weird different. Be good different. That's what God calls us to do. I mean, what if we were to show the world what we believe by how we behave? What if we, you know, stepping into God's wonderful light, what if we were that shining light in the midst of this dark world, that shining light in the midst of the darkness, and other people would look to our lives and say, hey, wow, I want whatever they have that's different. I don't know what it is, but man, they are just shining and they have so much joy, and I saw them go through these trials and everything, but yet they handled it differently. I want what they have. I tell students this all the time. Your life may be the only Bible that someone ever reads. Your life may be the only Bible that someone ever reads, and the world is watching. The world is looking to you to base whether or not there is a God based on your actions, and based on whether or not there is true life change, based on who, if you are changing and becoming more and more like him. They are looking and they are watching. You see, Jesus, he talked with the crowds about being different, and he had this to say. It's found in Luke 9, 23. He turns to the crowd and he says this, if any of you wants to be my follower, say it with me, church, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. That's our calling, is to live differently from the rest of the world. You see, once you find Jesus, it's time to follow him. It's time to walk in his footsteps. 
And you might be thinking, okay, well, how do I follow him? What are some practical next steps? Well, as a church, I want to give you some, some very easy next steps and ways that you can follow him. You see, we are all called, after you've accepted Jesus into your life, we're all called to be baptized. We are. And when you came in, um, you probably saw this uh, I said yes card on your seat. And if you are like, I don't know what you're talking about, Ryan, maybe check underneath you. Maybe you sat on it, okay? And so, but you should all have these, you guys. And our next baptism is August 5th. And, and what we are going to do is actually something different on that baptism, and I get really excited about it, is that we're actually, if you have invited maybe friends, or maybe you have some family members, or maybe the neighbor, or someone like that, and you have kind of walked through them, the process of, of accepting Jesus, and you know, you invited them to church, um, we want to invite you to, to jump in the pool with us, to actually be in the water with us, that you would actually be one of the ones that gets to baptize that person. And I think that would be just su- such an awesome, significant event in the life of that person that accepted Christ. And so if you're interested in that at all, um, we, I just encourage you, um, right after service today, you know, we have like a, a baptism booth set up. You can go out there and talk with them about that, get signed up for baptism. You can also go to our website and sign up to be baptized. Um, if you've never been baptized before, man, maybe this is what God's calling you to do. Maybe this is something that God is calling you to do in your life. I'd encourage you, get baptized. You don't, um, like I said, you don't have to baptize, but if you want to be able to do that, we're actually going to give you the opportunity to do that. Um, maybe you're, you're sitting here and you're saying, man, I just really want to know the Bible better. Um, that's why we have discipleship here at church. You know, we're all called to, to make disciples. Jesus said it in his great commission, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, um, baptizing them and teaching them. And so we're called to make disciples. Who is God calling you to invest in? Maybe God's calling you to invest in somebody else and you can go through this, this curriculum together to be able to learn how to study the Bible better and learn more about Jesus. Uh, maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, you know what, no, I actually should make the, the jump on the other side. I want to be discipled. That's what I'm interested in. I want to learn. I want to, to grow. Well, then please um, just go ahead and, and, like I said, you can put that on your connection card. You can put the offering bucket. We'll follow up with you. Also, the got questions. We're here to answer your questions, so feel free to come by and ask us. Um, To serve, we're all called to serve. Jesus washed the disciples' feet, and he said, do this now to to those around you. We're called to serve as well. Where is God calling you to serve? And we're also called to meaningful relationships. Our heart here at Orchard, the last thing we would ever want to see is for you to just to come in through these doors and take a seat in your chair and never speak with anybody, never connect with anybody, and then you go about your way. That would be awful. What we want is to be in meaningful relationships with one another. Iron sharpens iron. That's how we're going to grow. That's how we're going to make sure that we continue to live up to God's continual daily standard, right? And so if you're interested in any of those, you can always note those on your connection card. Not just today, but whenever. But why do we do this? Well, because God is calling us to live differently. God's calling us to live by a different standard of living. And so we should give our best for him. Amen? Amen. Well, the third different type of call that we're going to talk about this morning, this is in your notes, is a personal call to an assignment. Number three, a personal call to an assignment. And this is the one where I feel like we get most excited about, or at least I do, where I finally get to the point where I say, okay, God, what is it that you want me to do? You tell me what to do, and I'm going to do it. Just tell me what to do. And you see, the personal call here is different. It's different in this way because it's personal. This is between you and God. This is not a personal call for everybody, but no, each and every single one of us have something that God is calling us to do here on earth. 
You know, the Moses example. Well, well, God had a specific assignment for Moses. He said, hey, go to Egypt, free your people, lead them into the promised land. It was very, very specific. God also was very specific with Noah. He said, hey, bro, build an ark, okay? Just build this big boat, as big as you've ever seen it before. There's going to be a reason. Just trust me. And so that was Noah's assignment. Okay, i got to build this huge, massive boat, and I need to trust God. I would even say the disciples were given an assignment, although it relates to us today. um, Jesus told the disciples specifically, go make disciples, baptize them, and teach them. That was their specific assignment. And church, I want you to hear this this morning. God has something specific that he is calling you to as well. He has something personal that he wants you to accomplish in this life. He has an assignment for you. Now, the truth of the matter is, is you don't have to do it, but listen, you get to do it. You get to be a part of what God wants to do in your life. And if you lift up your hand and say, no, God, I'm, I'll do anything. I'm not going to do that. The truth of the matter, and I've seen it, God will find someone else. He will. He's not going to force his way upon you, but God wants to use you. God wants to use you for that specific purpose in your life. Um, this could be one big thing, or this could be many small assignments where you're almost moving one assignment to another, right? I mean, it could be a role. It could be a task. It could be a life passion that you have of yours. You're like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm just going to throw out some examples. Maybe it's, it's being a teacher. Maybe it's being a nurse. Maybe it's being a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad. Maybe it's inviting your neighbor to church. And God has been pressing you on it for quite some time, and he's calling you to do this, and you've been reluctant, but now is the day where you're saying, you know what, God, I give up. I don't want you to find someone else. I'll do it. I'll be a part of what you're doing. Maybe it's something, you know, even broader than that. Maybe it's to, be a, to go on that mission trip or, or to live overseas. The truth is, I don't know. I don't know what God is calling you specifically to because it's personal. It's a personal call on your life from God, and that's the thing. It's just between the two of you to use the giftings that God has given you. Um, in 2 Timothy 1.6, it actually um, says this about our giftings. Paul the Apostle, he writes, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave, say it with me, church, you. It's personal. And God has given you spiritual gifts to live out. God has given you unique giftings. God wants you personally to use the gifts that he's given you. When I was 16 years old, You know, I had a completely different trajectory for my life. I thought I was going to be an architect, you know, and and I'm going to make lots of money, and I want the big house and the white picket fence, and that was the direction that I was headed. But then God ultimately interrupted that, and at age 16, God called me into ministry. And when I went back, you know, it happened at summer camp, when I went back and talked with my youth pastor and, and talked with, you know, some of my family members, they all looked at me confused, and they're like, well, yeah, I thought that's what you wanted to do with your life. And so that was a confirmation for me. But even if they hadn't said that, I tell you what, God spoke to me in such a unique way, in such a cool way, that nobody would have been able to convince me otherwise. Why? Because it was a personal, it was a personal moment between God and I. The second time I feel like I really clearly heard from the Lord was, uh, you know, used to, I grew up uh, living in Southern California, and I went uh, to Bible college out there, and I walked down by the lake, I opened up my Bible, and I'm like, God, I just want to hear from you, I feel like you're calling me out somewhere, I don't know where it is, and in that moment, God really spoke to me, and it was this personal moment, 
And God was telling me, hey, I want to move you to Colorado. Um, Just so you know, God spoke to me in the book of Jonah, and and how God spoke to me is he referred to Colorado as Nineveh, okay? And and if you know anything about your Bible, it's like Nineveh is the place you don't want to go to, okay? So sorry to insult everybody here. But, But the reason why that was in my life is because I had never seen it snow from the sky before. You know, I was a Southern California boy. I'm like, no, any place but Nineveh, you know, not there. But that's what God was calling me to. And I'm so glad I did. God, the third time I heard from the Lord very specifically, I was at another church and God called me specifically here to Orchard. And there's not a shadow of doubt in my life because it was a personal moment between me and him. And I say all that to say that I am so glad that every step along the way I have listened to God. Because man, I tell you what, I would have so many regrets if I didn't. I wouldn't be married now to my, my amazing, beautiful wife. I wouldn't have, uh, sorry, (laughs) I wouldn't have four amazing kids. I wouldn't have any of that if I hadn't listened to what God was leading me to do. And you might be thinking here, you know, hey, that's great, Ryan, but, but I don't know what God is calling me to do. Listen, church, we are here to help you. We are the church. We, we are for you. We want to try to, to equip you in whatever way we can. And I don't want you to hear this as a sales pitch. This is the motivation. We want this for you. Um, we have something here at Orchard Church, and it's called Volunteer. And we do it once a month, and it takes place on Sunday during second service. And if at any point in time you're just saying, you know what, what is God calling me to do? And maybe you're looking at all this, and you're saying, I don't know what my spiritual gifts are. Well, let us help you. The whole point of Volunteer is to kind of show you the different ministries here at the church. And then you can jump in and start helping out. You can jump in and then God will reveal to you what your spiritual gifts are, what God has gifted you in. And I firmly believe, and the Bible even says this in Proverbs, that he who waters will himself be watered. He who waters will himself be watered. And what I mean by that is that if you jump in and you start serving and you start giving it a try, I guarantee you're going to be more blessed And you're going to say, you know what, this is wrong. I'm getting more out of this than I'm actually um, doing and serving others. And that's how the, the way that God works. Jesus called us to love others, to serve others. And if you're interested in that volunteer, just to check out the different areas that you can jump in, just put that on your connection card and put it in the offering bucket as it passes by in just a moment. You say, you see, Jesus said this, if you are faithful in the little things, I will put you in charge of bigger things. And so how are you being faithful in those little things? Because I believe that if you do that and you put yourself out there and you start serving, you start giving back and saying, God, I don't know what my spiritual gifts are, but I'm gonna just put myself out there and I'm gonna try my hardest. I believe that God will personally lead you to the next step. He will. God will lead you to that next assignment that he has for you because he does have a calling on your life. Church, don't forget that. He does. God has specific assignments and roles and tasks for you to accomplish. And as we wrap up, I know so many of us, you know, we're sitting here and we want to know that third thing, right? That third type of calling. God, what is your personal call on my life? Well, here's the truth, and I want to share this with you. You will never hear that personal call from the Lord and have that intimate moment unless you first have done the first two types of calling. Unless you have responded to Jesus, an eternal call to him, and also unless you are actively living out your continual call to, a God, uh, to God's standard. Listen, church, remember who you are. God has chosen you. You are royal priests. You're a holy nation. You're God's very own possession. You are God's people. He has chosen you for a reason. He's called you by name. 
And that's because he has a calling on your life to live differently, to be different from those around you. He's called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful life. Can we give God praise this morning? Church, we're called to be different. Let's be different for Jesus and live up to what God has for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the power of your word, God. Thank you, Lord, that still today you are speaking to us, Lord, through these verses. And I firmly believe, God, that you, you believe the, the best in us. If we are Christ followers, if we have accepted you into our life, these words relate to us. And so, God, we just thank you so much for your love, for your grace. Thank you, God, that you choose to use us despite ourselves. We are forever grateful, Lord. And as we continue in an attitude of prayer this morning, maybe you have already have a relationship with Jesus. And I just want to remind you that God has chosen you, church. God has chosen you. He's calling you. He has these different things in mind for your life. Maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, you know what, ooh, man, the daily standard one, that really hit me today. Yes, I need to be more like him. Maybe it's the calling to a personal assignment. Whatever it is, if God spoke to you this morning and you are willing to say yes to whatever God has placed on your heart and whatever you need to do this week, can you just simply just raise your hand? Say, yes, God's calling me and I get it and I realize it, Lord, I'm going to follow you. Heavenly Father, you see our hands, God. You know our hearts. God, we lift our hands up to you, and we just ask for your strength and your help, God. For those of us, Lord, that maybe know our calling, we ask, God, that you would give us strength and the peace to walk in it. And for those that maybe are unsure and we don't really know what it is, God, I ask, Lord, that you would give them wisdom and insight to what you are calling them to do. Maybe they don't know what their spiritual gifts are, Lord. Maybe they don't know, um, Father, how you have gifted them. God, may you reveal that to them in your perfect time. Thank you so much, Lord. We praise you. And as we continue in an attitude of prayer this morning, there might be some of you here that maybe you've never accepted Jesus into your life and you're hearing all these wonderful things about being chosen and being called and God's own people. You can be that too. I just want to let you know that I firmly believe the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. And not just this morning. The Holy Spirit has been speaking to you and calling out your name your whole entire life. God loves you. And I hope you understand that. That Jesus went to the cross and he died on the cross for your sins. Why? Because of how much he loves you. He is now calling you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. How will you respond? See, we are saved by faith in Jesus and Jesus alone. But I want to invite you to pray this, this simple prayer. Just, and there's nothing special about this prayer. No, it's your faith that you put behind it. But may this be your first response to God. Pray something like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I confess I'm not perfect. Will you please forgive me? Will you be my God? Will you be my Savior? And God, will you help me to live for you for the rest of my life? Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. I accept you into my life now. As we continue the attitude of prayer this morning, nobody looking around. If you pray that prayer for the very first time, before you leave, get up from your seat, I want to pray for you right where you're at. Don't be afraid. Go ahead and raise your hand so I can pray for you.
If you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, awesome. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Hands all over the place. Nine. Awesome. Yeah, let's praise God. Come on, guys. If you just raised your hand for the very first time, I want you to know that by your faith you are saved. God loves you. Welcome to the family. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for all the decisions that were made here this morning. God, thank you for working on our hearts, Lord. Father, you're such a good God. You are. And we love you and we trust you, God. And Father, I just pray for all the decisions that were made that, God, you would give them peace from here on out, that, Lord, they would know, that they know that they know, that in this moment, God, you have called them to yourself. Lord, you choose them. You have picked them out and you love them, God. Don't, I, I pray, Lord, that they would never doubt that. And so, God, thank you so much for what you're doing in this place. We love you and we pray all this in your name, Lord Jesus. And everybody says, amen. Let's give God one more shout of praise. Come on, guys.